Thank you, Wally. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis, for leading us this morning. I appreciate it. We're going to go straight into the Word now. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn with you to Ephesians chapter... Oh, well done. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Slow and steady. Uh, if you're new to the church and you're probably wondering, yeah, we're getting so slow. Oh, just turn me down, George. George. Thank you. Um, a bit more. Really? Okay. All right, got it? All right. Everyone can hear me? Okay, now a bit more up. There we go. All right. So we're slow and steady through the book of Ephesians. Um, we go through the Bible expositionally. That means we just take it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Um, because, I mean, isn't life change slow? Life change is slow. I know we want everything microwaved and instant. But uh, life change doesn't happen like that. And uh, slow and steady through the book, it's good for us. It's good to just walk through it. And because uh, when we're walking, we see things differently than when we're speeding through as well. So I trust that you're enjoying the journey. Um, and with us, maybe your Bible is automatically falling up into Ephesians chapter 4. And that's not a bad thing. And while we're there, um, let's just get the mood again. Paul is completely distracted by this risen, ascended, victorious King Jesus. That one that is ascended, that descended. That one who descended in human flesh, suffered, died, buried, rose again, and is ascended. Never mind Mount Sinai, Mount Zion. This one is ascended the heavens. That one. You just cannot not be distracted by that one. And that disposition, friends, is the best posture for any person. Is the best posture. And now looking into the gifts of what that one has given his body. What that one has given his body. Last week we, we just couldn't, I wish we could like have, that. The, I spoke this five minutes ago, you know. But to help you remember last week's message, it wasn't five minutes ago, it was seven days ago. Okay. Paul is distracted by this risen, ascended Christ Jesus. Uh, he's not distracted by Jesus in a manger. He's not distracted by Jesus on the cross or that Jesus is risen from the dead. All those, those things are important. All those things gave a platform to him ascended at the right hand of God and all authority is under his feet. He's distracted by that one, that he, all enemies, all authority is under his boot. And he's distracted that underneath the head of this one, he's risen us, his church into this body. He's completely distracted by that. It is a stunning victory. You just can't get him out. And the peace, never mind the peace with God, but the peace between Jew and Gentile, previously prejudiced, previously racists, now one, he's just blown away by that one. And if that wasn't enough, he's still stunned that that one has a mission. That fullness he wants to extend to every square inch of the universe and the heavens. That's his mission. 
That fullness that is the head, the body in this new creation, He now wants to extend His kingly presence everywhere. Everywhere. And we're included in this. It's astonishing. It is astonishing. We are included in this. Now, we could kind of get a sense of what it was like for people to look at the son of Joseph and say, is that the Messiah? You know, we get a sense of that disbelief. We can get a sense of that disbelief that that Nazarene is going to be that one. It was hard to believe, and many didn't. Many didn't. And so, friends, at the outset of this message, this is what Ephesians shouts to us. This is who you are. You are in this fullness. You have the fullness of Christ, and you are part of this mission of making the fullness of Christ known everywhere. You can believe it or not. It doesn't make it less true. That is who you are. Amen? It is a stunning victory. Right with God. Right with one another. And on purpose. This purpose. This end. This glorious victory. That's what we've been called into. That's why we sing every Sunday. I got a sense of it yesterday. At Moses Mabida. Oh, I wish we could sing like that. Okay. <laughs> They've got to get pirates here to teach us how to sing. Okay. <laughs> but that's... We have a greater victory than a pitch in a white ball. This is who we are. Amen? This is thank God for the book of Ephesians. And as we're looking at that, now we're going to look at what exactly has this one given this body. This body. Okay, I know last week we weren't really looking at our gifts. We were looking at the Father, at the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But now we're going to look at the gifts. And uh, so here we go. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 8. Well, let's take it from verse 7. But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher to all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Just so far, may God bless the reading of His Word to Him and to us. So this fullness that is in us and in Him is to be extended everywhere. Believe it or not, we are... Let's go the opposite. We're empty. We're empty. That's what we see every day. Emptiness. That's our experience. Emptiness. Very seldom do we get a taste of this fullness. I hope today you'll get a taste of this fullness. Amen? I hope every time you come around the Word of God, you get a taste of the fullness. Every time you pray to God, you get a taste of the fullness. When you meet with another brother or sister and rejoice in God's goodness, you get a taste of the fullness. But it's just a taste. How are we to evidence that this fullness is a reality? How do we evidence this fullness? You grow into this fullness. 
You baptize yourself into it. You immerse yourself into this fullness and you be this fullness. You do this fullness. That's how He makes His kingly presence known. We pray, Thy kingdom come, Your will be done. How is that done? You grow into this fullness. You grow into it and you be it and you do it. And that's how we give evidence that there is a fullness. Amen. We just got a taste of victory yesterday. Well, they did. You get a taste. But Jesus has a much greater reality awaiting all of us. Okay, so how do we grow into this fullness? Well, Jesus, thank God for the graces of God. He's gifted this body, us, with gifts. Okay? Here they are. And it's a small group. He's just focusing on a small group. There are many gifts, many gifts. But now he's just focused, focused on a small group of people and a, a small group. Because that's intentional because these are foundational to all the gifts. Okay? And the first one is this. What has he gifted us with? The gift of apostles. The gift of apostles. All right? The gifts in mind that he had are these kind of people given to the church... Now, whether they're apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors or teachers, what do they all have in common? They all have in common the Word of God. Take note. They all have in common the Word of God. They're all central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor or teacher, it's the Word of God. So let's take a step back here. We've got the fullness of God. Wanting to extend the fullness everywhere, his kingly reign, and he's gifted the body with gifts of certain people. But primarily, how is he going to extend this reign? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's primarily how this domain is made out. They all have that in common. Okay. But these apostles, these sent out ones, are a peculiar bunch. They're a peculiar bunch because like Paul himself, if you look at chapter 1, verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. This was not his idea, his brainwave, his revelation in some cave. This was the will of God, given to him directly by God. And so all apostles have that commonality. That an apostle was someone that was either an eyewitness to Christ, in earshot of Christ himself, or had direct revelation of Christ himself, which Apostle Paul definitely qualified for. Apostles were that kind of breed, that kind of people who were gifted by God, who did astonishing miracles, like Paul himself, raised people from the dead, made the lame walk, made the blind see. That's what Paul did. That's what apostles did. Okay? Under the authority of Jesus Christ, directly engaging him, giving directives from Jesus himself. And so when an apostle spoke, it was the word of God. And it was done because it came from the apostle. Okay? Now, when they came and they preached at the synagogues, like Paul did, he would preach at the synagogue. He would talk about this Messiah that would come, pointing to the Old Testament, and many Jews would believe. And many Gentiles would believe. And the apostle was the one that had the revelation 
to know what to do with these new believers, Jewish and Gentile, and what to, how to regather them. Because the temple was not going to accommodate them. And the synagogue was not going to accommodate these believers. There was a new gathering and a new administration of this gathering. And the apostle was the one who was going to direct this. Now, how do you know this, Pastor? Well, chapter 3, we read it already, verses 1. Well, let's just take it from verse 2. In your Bible there, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel of the Gentiles, are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promises in Christ Jesus. The apostles had a new message revealed to them only. It wasn't revealed to the Old Testament prophets. No one had a clue because God was holding the card real tight. Israel, Jesus, ascended, Holy Spirit, church. Okay, and it was the apostles that had that card. And now they're telling the Gentiles and the Jews, this is how we gather. This is what we do. This is who you are now. You're no longer that. You're no longer that. You can understand their role. Thank heavens God gifted apostles. Otherwise we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know what a church is. How a church came to be. What is a church supposed to do? So we had these apostles, thank God, as a gift to the church. Now understanding who and what we are. Chapter 2, 19 to 20. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. Here it is. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. So the apostles and the prophets were foundational, foundational to what God was doing with this gospel, with the end in mind. What's the end? Making his fullness known, his kingly reign known everywhere. All right. Now, in tandem to apostles, prophets, we have evangelists. Okay? Evangelists. And I'm going to focus on two of them. One being Philip. I won't elaborate too much on Philip, but you'll know these gatherings, they get larger, they start exploding, and soon there's a problem between uh, the Hebraic Jews and the Hellenistic Jews. Their widows are not getting fed consistently. Some are getting food portions and others are not. Why? Because the prejudices are still there in the church, right? So they raise up men, and one of these men is Philip. Philip is the deacon. They help sort that issue out. Later on, Philip is mentioned on the road with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. You remember that story? He helps the Ethiopian eunuch understand the book of Isaiah. And then later on, we hear that Philip is an evangelist. And what does Philip keep doing? He keeps preaching. He keeps teaching. He keeps baptizing people. Keeps preaching. Keeps teaching. 
and keeps baptizing these people. Listen to what I'm saying. Preaching and teaching and baptizing. That's what the evangelist does. Okay? Then Timothy is the other evangelist. Now this sounds like a lecture, I know. I'm going to get to the application now. And it's going to hit home, believe me. 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. This is now Paul speaking to Timothy. But you, Timothy, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, preaching, teaching, and baptizing. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That's the focus, Timothy. And this is Paul's last letter before he dies. What's he passing the baton on to Timothy? Evangelism, preaching, teaching, baptizing. Okay, that's the focus. And that's always been the focus. Why is preaching, teaching, and evangelism, and baptism the focus now? Because the foundation's already been laid. The apostles and prophets have done their work. This new revelation has been shared with you. This administration of this new church gathering has been shared with you and accompanied by miraculous miracles to prove that it is the work of God. That foundation is set. How many foundations do you need for a tower? One. One foundation. Klar. And now the focus is preaching, teaching, baptizing, and evangelism. Okay? Preaching, teaching, and evangelism. To what end? So that the fullness of God will extend to every square kilometer of this universe and earth. That's significant. How is this fullness going to go? It's not going to go because he's anointed. It's not going to go because he or she is a man of God. It's not going to go because we felt the presence of God. Now all those things might be true, but this mission is going to get accomplished because of preaching. Teaching, evangelism, and baptism. You with me? Because this is how Jesus, that one, has gifted the body. Now you measure what I'm telling you with what you hear in the Christian networks. Oh, it's booming because he's anointed. Oh, it's booming because of the presence of God. Oh, it's booming. If you don't hear... Preaching, teaching, baptisms, evangelism. I don't know how much fullness is getting out there. And you church, hold this church accountable to this emphasis because these are gifts from God. The foundation has been set. Now we just preach, teach, and evangelize. Now we may think, well, hold on. Aren't we impoverishing the church? Because there are, there are no more apostles, there are no more prophets. Wouldn't it be great if that was still... I mean, how do we apply that even today? The emphasis, friends, and I won't give you all the references, but you read 2 Timothy, you read 1 Timothy, and you'll see it's preaching, teaching, evangelism. Preaching, teaching, evangelism. Paul does not say to Timothy, go find another apostle. He doesn't even say to him, go find another prophet. He says, go and teach people who can teach others, who can teach others. That's what he says. That's the emphasis. Why? Because it's not about the guy, it's about the Word of God. 
And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. Old Testament and what the Apostles said, that's the Scripture, and some Apostles wrote letters, which is what we have now. All Scripture is God-breathed, used for teaching, training, in righteousness, so that the man of God, woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Understand? That's how this fullness is going to be maintained and how it's going to get out there primarily by the Word of God, preaching, teaching, evangelism, and baptism. So no, the church is not impoverished because it doesn't have an apostle anymore or a prophet anymore. So young people, please, you you will be in many churches when you leave here. And, and it's crazy out there. And there may be well-meaning people who are definitely Christian. Because what makes a Christian? Just your faith in that one. They may be well-meaning and their heart may be there. But friends, don't get distracted by titles. The apostles and prophets, foundation has been laid. Preaching, teaching, baptism, evangelism, mission is the focus going forward. That's the fullness of God being extended going forward. So friends, as I conclude this now in some application, take this to heart. This is who you are. You, beloved, are the fullness of Jesus Christ. You have been risen and are ascended with Him and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, you must grow into that. You must be and do what that identity that has been declared to you is. Amen? Amen. And that's primarily going to be how? Not osmosis through some incense stuff. <laughs> it's going to get through to you through the Word of God. Amen. As you preach to yourself, teach to yourself, and evangelize. That's, those are the means to growing into this fullness. And that's how I want to close it this morning. Let's not forget where we started. We've, we started with a distraction of that one. Amen? Never lose that awe. Never lose that worship. Never mind what gift you've got. Just worship this one. This ascended one. This victorious one. This ever-living Jesus Christ the King, that's all we can talk about. Continue to worship Him. Then second of all, how much does Jesus love this church? That He would give gifts to her. That obviously means He loves church. He loves church. In fact, it's the only thing He is building. It is the only thing he's building. He's not building anything else. He's building this. Did you forget? He's not building your kingdom. He's building his kingdom. And it's through this body that has his fullness, which is based primarily on his word, which is being preached and taught and evangelized to teach others who will teach others who will teach others. What? That all scripture is God-breathed useful for training in righteousness. Amen? Amen? In view of this ascended, living, victorious, beautiful one. Beautiful one. It's the only thing Jesus is building. It's the only thing Jesus is blessing. He bought this with his blood. 
This is precious to him. So do you love the church? Do you seek her advancement? Never take your eye off her. Grow into the fullness that she is to attain. Third application would be to build yourself into this fullness. Build your life on God's word and God's person, personally and corporately. Get into God's word. That's why everything we do together is based on this, because this is the primary agent for the fullness of God. Where if it's youth group on Friday night, Hugo, what are we doing? Is this open? Yeah. Yes, I'm preaching from the book. I'm telling you about the book. <laughs> Ladies, when you get together, is this open? Men, when we get together, is this open? Sunday mornings, this is open. Sunday school, gospel project, Noah's Ark, this is open every Friday. In fact, every day it's open. We've got to grow in this, personally, corporately. Who wins in the end? We win. We win. That's why I love the church. No matter how precarious it looks, how vulnerable it may be, how funny we may walk as a group. <laughs> it's a peculiar bunch. But we win. We win. Yes, almost did that. No, we win. This is no loss of investment. It's no loss of time. It's no loss of income. It's no loss. It's never a loss. Every sacrifice into this entity which Jesus has bought, which Jesus is building, which Jesus is blessing, wins. Amen? Amen. Because we have the fullness of God. So, my retired bunch, don't get tired. Amen? Don't unhook. Don't say, I've done my time. No, friends. This is your time to go out in a blaze of glory. Because you will win. Hasn't the devil tried to kill this body since the beginning? He has never won. And he never will win. Because we've won. And my last application is that we serve it. Serve it. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors, and whatnot, based on the word of God, in view of the ascended king, serve this entity. Don't, don't love the church so that you can have a platform for your gift. Don't wait for the church to give you a platform for you to do your gift. You do your gift. You love the church and you give your gift. The church doesn't serve you. You serve the church. That one. Don't demand the church give you a platform for your gift. Instead, love to use your giftedness too. I plead with God. God, use me. Use me. Because what's the end result? Like I said in the beginning. It's hard to believe. <coughs> Jesus wins. The church has the fullness of God. In fact, we were to pray that the inner man be strengthened. Hey, remember that prayer? 
prayed with His glorious might, we may be strengthened in the inner man, that we may know this love of God, and as we contemplate it, be filled with the love of God, in the fullness of God, overflowing. Really? Yes! Because as we do, we give evidence that it's real. We give evidence that God is here. Amen? God help us. And ABC, we are. We are. We have challenges, vulnerabilities, weaknesses, shortcomings, accidents. But we have so much more. So much more. And God helping us going forward, when they come in, it's inescapable. The presence of God is here. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. What a privilege it is to be a part of this process to this glorious victory and its end. Lord, we have everything. And we thank you, God, for what you've gifted the church. Even the apostles now, they still bless us with the written letters that they, they gave us. Your word to our souls and hearts right now. Thank you, God. And thank you for the teachers, the pastors, and the evangelists that you've used in our life. Who helped us get from A to B. Who helped us understand who God is, what He's doing, who Jesus is, the role of the Holy Spirit, who He is. Our church, all of it, Lord, thank you for these individuals who you've equipped and used for our own lives. Thank you for the church, Lord. And we pray, Lord God, that the church would realize these ends. And ABC specifically. Father, thank you for building her and blessing her. Thank you for our shared victory. Thank you for making a bit of heaven here in Imams and Toti. Thank you that God is here. May we worship you, love her, build her, and serve her. God help us until you come again. Amen.